Welcome to another episode of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast. My name is Elizabeth Alexander. Some of you know me as Beth. I am a Reiki master, among many other wonderful things. (laughs) And I am so excited to be here with you today to talk all things Reiki. Reiki is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It was a big starting point for me on the beginning of my healing arts journey many, many moons ago. And we are going to talk today about what is Reiki, how does it work, where does it come from, what are the benefits of Reiki, and I'll share my tips on what to look for in Reiki practitioners and Reiki masters if you're interested in learning Reiki and training in it yourself. So let's start with the basics. What is Reiki? Reiki is a natural form of energy healing. The term comes from the Japanese words rei, meaning universal, and ki, which means vital life force energy that flows through all living things. And another translation of the word Reiki is simple, spiritual energy. And if you're someone who is energy curious or energy sensitive, Reiki is a fantastic place to start exploring that. It's not tied to any specific religion or nationality and is used by millions around the globe as a way of guiding energy throughout the body to promote healing and wholeness. As a holistic healing technique, Reiki can be used in a variety of ways that can impact people physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it is currently offered in over 15% of US hospitals, including Yale. UCLA, and Harvard as a complementary treatment. Although energy healing has been around for millennia and is an ancient practice, Reiki as a system is actually relatively new. I was surprised to learn that, and you might be too. (laughs) It was systematized and originally taught by Dr. Mikao Usui, a Japanese man in the early 20th century in Japan. Legend has it that Dr. Usui went to the top of a mountain to retreat for 21 days And on the 21st day, he was struck with Reiki, spiritual energy, struck with light, and was spiritually awakened. He came down from the mountain eager to share Reiki and the healing powers he had opened to with others. Dr. Yasui found that while he could help others heal through the flow of Reiki energy, it was even more powerful to teach people the skills and practices for self-healing themselves. So he developed the Reiki system to go along with his healing practice. And in 1922, Mikao Usui founded his first Reiki clinic and school in Tokyo. There, Reiki was instructed openly to the public, treatment was provided, and the Reiki system was passed down to the next key masters in the Usui Reiki lineage. So Reiki is not something that you do. It's actually just something that is. It's connecting to the spiritual energy that is always around us. It is always available to us. And sometimes we just forget about it. But when we connect into it, it helps with the flow through our physical bodies. It can help the flow of energy blockages that are impacting us physically. And it can help us to feel connected, connected to ourselves, connected to others, and connected to the world around us. So when someone's sharing Reiki, There's a system that they're using that you learn about in the Reiki trainings, and there's different ways to share it, but generally the purpose is to bring Reiki in and allow it to flow through. 
So I like to think of Reiki, one of the analogies that I've learned at least, is that it's kind of like a sink with faucet and water. In your home, you probably have a sink with pipes and the water is always there. The water's always flowing. That's what the spiritual energy is like. It's always there and it's always available to us. But sometimes we turn the faucet off or we forget about it, right? And so sometimes it can be helpful to turn it back on and reconnect with it. And that's what a raking practitioner can facilitate doing is they kind of step in. They know how to turn the faucet on, so to speak, and they allow the flow to come through them and then they can share it through their hands. There are also techniques for sharing it remotely that you learn in the Reiki system. And they can bring that flow through them and then share it with you. And the Reiki practitioners, they're not actually healing you. That's a really important thing to notice. They are simply creating an environment where healing can occur. They're creating an environment where you can remember. You can remember your connection. You can feel connected. You can feel the flow going through you. And Reiki treatments can vary depending on the practitioner and the person. But the only thing that is really needed to be able to experience Reiki is to be open and receptive to it. It's really that simple. Sometimes, at least in my experience, people have reported feeling Reiki when they know it's being shared or it's being brought into a space or intentionally shared through hands to their body, that they can feel a sensation of warmth or of lightness. Maybe it feels easier to breathe. Sometimes people will feel like tingling. They might see colors or light. They might hear different things. But most people say it's a very relaxing process. It helps them to feel just more connected to themselves, experience more ease and being present. And whether you're someone who has experienced those kind of sensations or not, that doesn't mean that the Reiki is working or not working. It's just some of the ways that people have reported their experiences back to me and some of the ways that I've experienced it too. So If you go to a Reiki class or a Reiki session and you're not experiencing any of those things, it doesn't mean that it's not working. Again, all you need to do to experience Reiki is to simply be open and receptive to it. So I want to share a little bit about my history with Reiki. I'm someone who's always been energy sensitive and energy curious, but didn't really know what to do with that. (laughs) Maybe I didn't have the vocabulary, the confidence, or the support earlier in life to explore it. And honestly, I was a bit skeptical too. You know, I had a lot of questions. I was raised in Silicon Valley. I went to uh, UC, University of California, a research-driven academic institution. So I'd been trained to think in certain ways. So I had a lot of questions and I was also really afraid to pursue my interests and curiosities in energy healing because I was afraid of being outcast by people and groups I was a part of. I was afraid of not belonging anymore if I opened up to this side of myself. That being said, I did believe in the healing power of touch. I had had personal experiences and I had done research for my senior honors thesis on the impact of touch in medical contexts. So I knew that hands-on healing worked. So when people kept mentioning Reiki to me and I started doing a little research, I was like, oh, it's like a hands-on healing. I can get behind that. 
I'm curious enough, let's go for it. And I dived right in. (laughs) I found a group that taught hands-on healing, the Reiki healing hands-on locally. It was actually two groups that were partnering. The Yusui Reiki Centers of Santa Barbara and Melbourne, Australia came together to offer a long weekend level one training. And their certification actually included continuing education credits for nurses. And that was really important to me at the time. Coming out of a research institution, I was somebody who really valued certifications and credentialing. And I figured that if a Reiki One training was good enough for nursing education, it was going to be a good fit for me at that point in my life. So I signed up on a Thursday. I showed up to the training Friday night. This all after like years of debating whether to do this or not. (laughs) And I can honestly say that the Reiki One training changed my life. I slept better that weekend than I had in months. I felt like reinvigorated with life. It was fun to learn and grow. And that training also opened up something in me that I continue to use almost 10 years later. The simple practice of using my hands to flow healing energy to myself and loved ones. I use Reiki to support and nourish my community through challenging times. I use Reiki to help calm my mind and my body when I need it. And for me, Reiki practice is also a constant reminder of the power of being present with yourself and at times others, a skill that I really needed to learn having grown up in the hustle and bustle of Silicon Valley and jumping into my journey as an entrepreneur after college. Reiki really is simply the practice of awakening to your true nature, of connecting, of remembering who you are and being that. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits of Reiki. So one, self-healing. Reiki can be used for self-healing as you can set the intention to channel the Reiki energy to yourself through your hands. And this can help to release energy blockages, promote relaxation, reduce stress, and promote overall well-being. It's also just been such a beautiful practice to get comfortable being in stillness. Because for a long time, I couldn't be still. Like I was a busybody, had to be constantly moving, constantly doing things. And Reiki and the self-healing practice brought me both trust and confidence and also a sense of ease and being still, something that I really needed to learn. Another benefit is Reiki is that you can share it with others. You can create a healing environment for others. So in this case, you channel the Reiki energy through you and to them. And this can be done by placing your hands on specific parts of the body or by using remote healing techniques. And again, it's important to note that Reiki practitioners do not heal others. We do not direct the flow of Reiki energy. We simply create spaces and flow where another person's self-healing systems can awaken with more ease. So we're inviting that person to be open and receptive, and we are trusting that the Reiki is going to know where to go. That's it. You don't have to do anything. All you need to do is be present. Be open, be receptive, and set the intention to connect to the Reiki energy. And then whether you are self-healing or holding a space for others, some of the benefits of Reiki is that it can help to reduce pain, inflammation, and other physical symptoms. It can help 
to reduce stress, promote relaxation, and support the body's natural healing processes. And all of that can help you to improve your sleep, boost your immune system, promote feelings of happiness and contentment, in addition to help reducing symptoms of anxiety and depression. So let's talk a little bit about how Reiki gets used in the medical world. Because Reiki is a great complement to traditional medicine. And I want to say first and foremost that Reiki is not a substitute for medical treatment or therapy, but it can be a really helpful complementary therapy for a variety of conditions because it's safe, it's non-invasive, and many people find it to be a gentle and effective approach to promoting healing and well-being. So I did mention before that Reiki is used in over 15% of U.S. hospitals which is really exciting. (laughs) And there is some research that shows that Reiki is quite helpful, but the evidence is a little bit mixed and more research is needed to fully understand the benefits of Reiki. And some critics will argue that the effects of Reiki, as seen in these research studies, may be due to the placebo effect or other nonspecific factors rather than the specific practice of Reiki itself. And regardless, many people find Reiki to be a helpful and relaxing practice, and it is becoming increasingly popular as a complementary therapy. So some of the research studies on Reiki, one, a study published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine found that Reiki was effective in reducing pain and anxiety in patients with fibromyalgia. Cancer treatment is actually one of my first introductions to Reiki in clinical settings. It was used as a complementary care service for cancer patients. I've used it in my private practice to support people through radiation and chemotherapy. And a study published in the Journal of Pain and Symptom Management found that Reiki was effective in reducing pain and improving quality of life in cancer patients. Um, I've also seen Reiki used in the clinical setting of hospice and helping to bring ease to the patient in that transition and throughout their medical process. A study published in the Journal of Evidence-Based Complementary and Alternative Medicine in 2016 found that Reiki was effective in reducing symptoms of anxiety and depression in older adults. And in that same journal, A study published in 2004 found that Reiki was effective in improving immune function in healthy individuals. So there are hospitals and medical centers that now offer Reiki as part of their integrative medicine programs, and Reiki practitioners may work alongside doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. And like I mentioned before, some Reiki certifications are even qualified to provide continuing education units for nurses. So whether you are affiliated with the um, medical community or not, you know, Reiki is something that can be used as a complementary care. So the last two benefits of Reiki that I want to share for you is one, the relaxation component. I know I've said it before, but Reiki can help to promote relaxation and reduce stress. And this is a no-brainer. When you promote relaxation and reduce stress, it can help to improve your sleep reduce your anxiety, and promote well-being and healing. Most people who come to either private sessions with me or my group sessions report leaving feeling restored, peaceful, deeply relaxed, that they sleep better on those nights and they experience improved moods afterwards. 
And right now I am teaching group classes on Monday nights in the San Francisco Bay Area in Silicon Valley. And it really inspires me to see how many people, we get 10 to 20 people every week who show up to come and to de-stress. They know they've got a big work week ahead of them. There's a lot they want to accomplish. They want to feel a sense of ease throughout their work week. And so they're coming to ground, to center, and to relax to support themselves in self-care and showing up at their best at home and at work. And it, again, super inspires me. I love seeing Reiki used in this way. The last benefit of Reiki that I'm going to share is that Reiki can be used to promote spiritual growth and connection. If you're someone who is looking to enhance your intuition, connect with higher consciousness, and support your spiritual growth, Reiki is a great path to doing that. It was definitely my entry point. And Reiki is really designed to awaken your own healer within and to help you remember your true, luminous, and interconnected self, which is a powerful, powerful practice. (laughs) All right, so some other things I just want you to know about Reiki. One is that there are different lineages. So just like Under the umbrella of yoga, there's like yin yoga, there's ashtanga yoga, there's vinyasa yoga, there's so many different styles. Reiki has different styles and lineages too. So the way Reiki was passed down is from Dr. Yasui to his student, Dr. Chujiro Hayashi, who passed it along to his student, Hawaiyo Takata. Hawaiyo Takata is a Japanese ancestry woman who learned Reiki in Japan, lived in Kauai, and then eventually moved to California. And she initiated 22 Reiki masters. And from them, there are various Reiki lineages. So I like to think of Dr. Yasui kind of as the foundation, the roots or the base of the trunk of a tree. And then his student, Dr. Chuchiro Hayashi, built on that to create a trunk. And then he trained Hawaii Takata who built a larger trunk that eventually grew into 22 branches with each new Reiki master honoring the tradition of the lineage while integrating and offering unique aspects relevant to their teaching and practice perspectives. So the way that I practice and have been initiated is in Yasui Reiki. In addition to my two trainings with the Yasui Reiki Centers of Santa Barbara and Melbourne, I have completed three trainings with Amberly. She's a Reiki master and healing arts practitioner who's trained and worked at Esalen and is now based in Ojai, California. And Amber initiates and trains in the Shiki Ryoho tradition, the true nature Reiki lineage. And regardless of which practitioner you choose to work with, it is helpful and good to understand the lineage. And I would encourage you to ask your Reiki practitioners what lineages they're from. How have they trained? How do they practice? Because styles and approaches can differ. And ultimately, you're looking for something that is resonant for you. So the next part I want to share with you is if you're someone who's like, okay, I'm open, I'm curious, I want to try this. How do I find a great Reiki practitioner? So here are my tips. One, I want you to look for somebody that you feel a resonance with. And this for me is always a trump card. So one of my personal practices is I like to be able to look at someone's eyes, even if it's just a photo. I like to hear their voice. If I can watch videos of them, just kind of get a sense of who they are. 
and see how my body feels in relation to that. Does that put me at ease? Do I feel comfortable? If so, I'm feeling a resonance with them and that's somebody I'm likely to work with. It's always great to get referrals from people too. But again, I recommend tuning in, checking in with your body. Do you feel a resonance with this particular person? And if not, that's okay. There's plenty of us Reiki practitioners out there. Second, I want you to get clear if what they're offering is hands-on or remote. Some practitioners also will hover their hands over the body instead of actually placing their hands on the body. This can be helpful to know. And if you have preferences, make sure to connect with a practitioner who shares Reiki in that way. And likewise, many practitioners integrate other healing modalities into Reiki sessions. So there's some people who are like, this is strictly Reiki. When you come to me for Reiki, that's all I'm going to do. And then there's other people who may include massage, the use of tools like essential oils or crystals. They may blend in other energy healing techniques, etc. This may or may not be of interest to you, and it's good to know beforehand. And Another thing is it can be helpful to know what to expect from a Reiki session. And that's something that you're going to need to ask each practitioner about individually. I can say from my experience, like I had somebody who came in for a session with me and at the end they were like, well, what did you see? Like, what did you hear? They wanted me to tell them what the senses and stuff that I had picked up on during the session. And it's my personal practice and my training that I typically don't discuss that. occasionally. It will feel really right to share something with someone, but I don't try to be like a psychic or a medium. I'm really just focused on channeling the Reiki energy through me and being present to that. And so that kind of information can be helpful to know because if you're someone who's expecting some sort of answer or clarity from an outside source first, I would encourage you to sit with why you feel like you need to get an answer outside of you. But second, not every practitioner is going to offer that experience. Some green flags to look for is that the practitioner has training and experience with Reiki. They clearly state that they are not healing you, that they are simply holding space for your own healing, and that they can give you a clear overview of what the structure of a session is like with them. And they're super happy to answer any clarifying questions that you have. If you end up trying Reiki and you like it, I would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Exploring Healing Arts. It's always great to hear these stories. I love connecting with other Reiki practitioners too. So please, yeah, let me know how your journey goes for you. And then the last little thing I want to talk about is for those of you that are energy curious and energy sensitive and you're like, hmm, maybe I want to do a Reiki training or what would that be like? I am super excited for you. (laughs) You're going to need to find a Reiki master who is offering trainings. So these can be done individually, one-on-one. I do private attunements, or you can sign up for a group event. And there are some things that you'll want to look for in a Reiki master to train with. So just like with any Reiki practitioner, you want to feel a resonance with them. Make sure it feels like a good fit for you. That's super important. Then understand the lineage that they come from. They should be able to share the name of the master who attuned them, and they should be able to trace the lineage all the way back to Dr. Makao Usui, the original practitioner. And if you're someone who may be using Reiki in a professional setting, 
It is important to note that some spas and medical settings only accept Yasui Reiki practitioners. Um, So keep that in mind when selecting your training. The other thing is that Reiki trainings are not one size fits all. I have seen people who do like a one hour YouTube video and they are a Reiki master. And then other people will do Reiki one, two, and Reiki master level all in one weekend. As a frame of reference, all of the trainings that I have participated in have been Yusui Reiki trainings, and they have been in group settings. And each level has taken a minimum of two and a half days. So we're looking at 12 to 20 hours of in-person, hands-on training in a group setting. My Reiki master level took, uh, I think it was eight days, eight days of in-person training. There are people who offer shortifications, like I said before, and I will just say that in my experience, it has been tremendously helpful to get to do Reiki 1 and then integrate that teaching before moving on to Reiki 2 and then integrate that teaching and really sit with it and learn it and embody it and practice it before going on to the next level. And the other thing that I really like about the more immersive experiences is the relationships that I have been able to build in those containers. It's been a big value add of investing more time into training for me, that community piece, and I highly, highly recommend it. So I'll tell you a little bit about how I offer Reiki 1 trainings. So Reiki 1 is also called Shoden, and it focuses on hands-on healing. The Japanese word for hands-on healing is Tenohira, and it is the practice of allowing Reiki to flow out your palms and either to your own body or to another's through a series of hands-on positions that you learn. At the level one training, you learn the basics of Reiki, including its history, the Reiki principles, and overview of the Reiki system, and you learn the hands-on positions. So when you leave that weekend, you are fully equipped to practice Reiki on yourself and on others. And when I teach in my trainings, we practice attuning to the Reiki frequency together. I guide participants through sharing hands-on Reiki with themselves. I will demonstrate how to share hands-on Reiki with another person, and I provide an overview of how to structure a session. Lastly, you get an opportunity to practice on others and receive Reiki from others so that you can begin to experience the healing power of Reiki firsthand. And in our group, we get to share our insights, which I found to be incredibly helpful too, because sometimes You'll feel something, but you're like not sure about it. And then we go and we sit in our circle and somebody else in the group had a similar experience. And that can be really affirming and really confidence building. The level one training gives you the knowledge and skills you need to deepen your Reiki journey. And it includes a series of attunements. And these attunements open up your energy channels and they support you in channeling Reiki energy to yourself and others with more ease. In my trainings, you get one of 12 spots. They are intimate and immersive trainings, and they are suitable for anyone. You can be an absolute beginner. You can be an energetically experienced practitioner. No experience is required. If you are someone who has a hands-on practice, like you're a yoga teacher, a personal trainer, a physical therapist, a nurse, maybe you're hands-on in the garden. Reiki is great for all of those things too. And Reiki 1 trainings are also suitable for anyone who just wants to deepen their connection and support themselves in healing. 
And if you're interested in learning more about my schedule, signing up for a private or group Reiki training, come check out my website, energyhealingelizabeth.com. I send out notices on my mailing list, and you can also check the schedule at energyhealingelizabeth.com. So if you have any other Reiki questions, please send them my way. I hope this has been super helpful and informative to you. (laughs) I know it's something that is near and dear to my heart, and it always excites me to get to talk about it and to get to share it and experience Reiki with others. So thank you so much for your time and energy and investing in this podcast episode today. And wherever you are on your healing journey, if this episode, if this conversation about Reiki sparked any sort of curiosity inside of you, I would really encourage you to explore that. There are a number of people who planted seeds in me almost 10 years ago now to just start with learning about Reiki and see where it goes. And when I look back, I see the parts of me that were skeptical or resistant. And I'm so glad I moved through that and was open and receptive to the experience of Reiki because I can honestly say it has changed my life. I have lifelong friendships from my Reiki trainings. It's so fulfilling to get to hold space for others and their healing. I have tools and skills to bring calm and peace to myself in moments of turbulence because there are ups and downs in any life. And these are lifelong skills that I carry with me. I've seen the impact they've had on me in the last 10 years, and I can't wait to see where I'm going to be in 50, 60, 70 years with this. And it's also so deeply fulfilling to hear how the Reiki that I share impacts others. I love and I'm honored to get to be someone who gets to plant seeds in someone else the same way others planted seeds in me. I've experienced so much connection, clarity, joy, awe, and peace from the Reiki in my life. I've had a lot of good laughs too. (laughs) And for me, it was the starting point to really opening to and embracing the reality of the subtle energy, of that spiritual energy that exists all around us. And whether Reiki ends up being a part of your path or not, I wish those beautiful experiences for you too. May you experience connection. May you remember the truth of who you are. May you experience joy. May you experience love and clarity and peace and may you experience fulfillment in your life. I am so grateful to you. Thank you again for being here with me. Thank you for investing your time and your energy and sticking through to the end. If you're curious about Reiki trainings, visit me, energyhealingelizabeth.com. Otherwise, I look forward to being with you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast. I hope that our words, our stories, and the wisdom shared on today's episode inspire you and support you in feeling connected. If you loved this episode, please leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. And as a thank you for listening, join me for a mini course on energy hygiene. You get three simple practices you can do anywhere, anytime to support you in feeling more grounded, connected to yourself, and confident in your energetic boundaries. Sign up at energyhealingelizabeth.com slash energy hygiene. 
Thanks for being here today, and I look forward to being with you again soon. The primary purpose of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast is to inspire and educate. As a reminder, the information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to speak with your doctor for professional medical advice or treatment. Opinions offered on this podcast are just that, opinions.